So welcome back to the show, guys. This is Michael Early Show. We are on episode four, and uh, well, I believe it's four. Now I'm losing track of my days. Um, but yeah, we are on episode four. Definitely on episode four. And today we've got Nur. Nur is a branding consultant. She's fantastic at what she does. She, she's a very creative person. And as you can see, the title of the show is Beyond the Logo and Why Branding Matters. So today we're just going to deep dive into why branding matters and why it's important to have a brand behind your business in today's world more than in it, ever. So how are you today, No. I'm awesome. And congratulations on your fourth episode. And this is, thank you very much for inviting me. Third time's a charm. And I, I don't think many people know, but this is the third time. We are trying. Yeah. We've lost you for a second there. Okay. And you're back. <laughs> That's fine. Um, sometimes that happens. It happened yesterday. We just continue. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So why, why does branding really matter? Coming from a brand consultant, why does branding really matter? Branding matters if you are willing to provide an experience rather than selling a service or a product. Are we there? Yeah, we're there, yeah. Okay. So branding is about experience. It's all about experience. Branding matters if you are willing to provide an experience rather than just selling a product or a service or uh, most of the times when we are dealing with as a creative professional, so most of the times we confuse branding with just a logo or just a design. This is not actually branding. This is a representation. Hence the of, reason why. Yeah. This is a representation. Hence the reason why. Yeah. Yeah, go on. And uh, again, how you are representing yourself is how you are strategizing your brand and that's all about branding is all about picking up your audience picking up your color code that is how you dress up yourself or how you talk to others how you approach others sometimes we don't realize but we are all the time branding ourselves with our parents we have a precise brand with our friends we have a precise brand and with our profession with our colleagues we have a precise branding that is different aspects of our personality and you will even notice that we don't put as much effort on our looks when we are with casually hanging out with our friends as we put effort when we are in a official in, in an official meeting or we are meeting someone for the first time so when we are dressing up ourselves or when we are changing the tone of our voice when we are carefully picking words that we say it is only because we are giving them a certain experience a certain side of our personality. And when we are picking up a business that's all about providing a precise service or providing a precise experience to a certain group of people, and you can never be definite about, a brand, about one certain brand that will approach everyone equally. It never happens. It never, ever, ever happens. Some will find this brand very, you know, good to go. And some will find very attractive and for some it will be just trash and some will forget it will always happen but when you are doing as an owner when you are doing 
you need to be very precise about for whom are you doing it and then of those people which side are you approaching are you triggering their hunger are you triggering their intimacy are you triggering their abundance or are you triggering their fear what exactly are you triggering and from that core concept comes the visual comes how you are picking up your visual palette your logo and uh, people are not much aware uh, uh, of the tone of the copy that is associated with the brand as in you will see that brand slogan this is a very underrated side of branding as in brand slogan when you are telling a story in just three words and that's phenomenal the copywriters or famous brand slogans you will see that this is uh, again this every person who is interacting with that brand is interpreting that brand with their own experience if i say coca cola what do you think of you don't think about that calligraphic logo it just gives you a very fizzy feeling and a very sweet feeling or some will say this is not good feeling and, but you will definitely know that if i say coca cola you don't uh, think about always refreshing or you don't think about that calligraphic logo you won't replicate that but it will give you an experience that is very liquid and that is very much you know drinkable so when you are doing branding you are choosing a lifestyle you are choosing an experience that will uh, associate yourself with the people you choose to go along with and that's what i find fascinating it it goes deep branding goes deep very deep um so what do you say to the people that disregard branding completely um they're not bothered about it at all and they don't even it's not even on the radar as as individuals or entrepreneurs and as businesses in general well this is not possible it's like gravity i mean you are in business and you are not doing branding that is not possible i mean i am sitting here and i am not doing gravity that is not possible so like i said that we are continuously branding every second when i'm talking to you you are seeing a certain part of me so i am branding myself to michael ellis in a certain way and the same things if we you know julian if i am talking to him that will be a certain way because you as a brand give me a certain experience and i interact with that experience with my own branding so if you are doing a business and you are disregarding branding it's just a matter of awareness you are not aware of what you are doing and some people disregard logo some people disregard you know copy which is very underrated the brand slogan and i know that many people are aware that every brand has a color palette and the positioning but many people are not aware that brands choose their words the the words are carefully crafted and there are some very precise words that are repeated let's say apple think different you cannot say that a billion dollar business which is you know everyone is using apple if everyone starts thinking differently it means you know we are all separated it doesn't work like that so if you are choosing a collection of people and if you were choosing a price tag or if you were choosing a product you are already choosing a brand for yourself for your business so the best way to relate 
is to have a representative. And we know how ambassador works. So when you are representing your brand, all the time, you are not going to talk to people individually. So there must be a precise visual that will trigger the audience. And every time they look at that, number one, they will familiarize you. When they hear the copies, the lines, or they read, they will familiarize. And every time they look at that, it will reflect. So what do you want your business to reflect? And how do you want to be reflected? That is, uh, if I think anyone understand this personalization of characteristics and this uh, stylization of features, but if you are disregarding brand, as in you don't want to be have a visual outlet or you don't have to have a crafted words or a, you know copy set of copy or a brand style guide and you think that you know your business if you are doing providing a service that will go long it works on a very personal level but it doesn't go long if you are doing just starting up if you are just doing market research that's okay but if you have a business you must have a branding a branding outlet. This is uh, impossible to ignore, like gravity, like I said, and it's uh, all already happening. So when I'm looking at you, I know that you have your hair and you have your, you know, th this beard and this precise style and your eyebrows. So when every time I think of Michael Ellis, there's a certain face that is reflected because you are a personal brand. And every time you mm -hmm. must have noticed that when I am doing Fifty Shades of Creative, why did I choose this name? This name triggers and why I chose my logo and why I chose my color palette. I continuously share my brand story. So those who are not aware, they need to understand that how it works, how branding works and the copy, let's say my uh, brand slogan is primping brand presence. It's not only about logo or it's not only about design. It's about a total personality. It's about humanizing your business. How will people look at you and how do, we, do you talk to them? It's just give your business a very humane outline and that's branding. And that is why, you know, it's a, a creative studio, how they spend months and the billion dollar businesses. You all know that every, their logo story, if you just Google how many stories and over time how they evolve. It's all because they want to connect. Connection is really important and key inside any business. Um, yeah. Do you believe that branding plays the biggest role in creating a connection with, with the people they want to serve? Branding as a collective approach, yes, this plays the biggest role. As in, you know, when you are, it starts, you know, in, in my program that I help businesses what, to understand about branding, it first begins with positioning. It doesn't begin with logo. So this is, of course, the biggest um, aspect of any business, because if you don't know how you are going to position yourself, and if you don't know five years later, where do you see your business and with whom you are collaborating? As in, if you want to collaborate with Bill Gates and you are choosing audience from McDonald's, it doesn't work like that. And if you want to be a spiritual leader and you are choosing aspiring Hollywood stars, it doesn't work like that. If you want to collaborate with Bill Gates, you have to, or Microsoft or Apple, you have to position yourself as a, you know, tech master. 
if you want to collaborate with Coca-Cola, you have to you have to put yourself out as a very similar brand with work with those people who are very drawn to Coca-Cola and those who are very drawn to those products or services. And then you begin, of course, with time brands evolve and where you are right now. And five years later, where do you see yourself? And you know how you hit a bullseye. You have to fix this point that I want to hit there. And from there you begin. And afterwards you have to pick that for whom are you doing this? Again, I said that if you want to collaborate with, if you want to be Apple and you are picking Hollywood starlets or aspiring movie stars, it doesn't work like that. So you have to be uh, someone who is very uh, passionate about movies or production or TV series if you are targeting those people. So you have to understand what your passion is and who are the people who are drawn to that passion. And then you go to your visuals because if you are targeting introvert people, let's say if you are targeting introvert people, uh, you cannot go loud and very disco and very rock and roll because those people don't respond to those elements. So if you are targeting introvert people, you have to pick very low tone colors and very low tone voice. You cannot just, you know, go ahead, move ahead. They don't respond to those motivations like everyone else. So every group of people have their own test and have their own mindset. From there, you start your visuals and then you pick your words, your brand slogan and what will be the words that, you know, your brand story. How do you craft your brand story? Every brand started with passion and you uh, know it very well that how it is just, you know, you keep working and it's addictive. So this is a given that you started this with passion and no brand will tell you that I am here to sell you this product. It doesn't work because everyone wants to sell, but to whom and why? So you need to know your why and for whom. And then you have to pick a sweet spot where your desire and their desire meet halfway. Let's say I love grunge and I, you know, I, you are pretty much familiar with my style, which is very maximalist and which is very narrative. So if you look at it, there will be a lot of things. But if I'm doing branding for a client, I have to hit that sweet spot where I can have some of my own narrations, but they can have the maximum exposure because I'm working for them. And then you pick the words that what, what relates you to those people. If they are, if you are picking people who are very, let's say introvert people, they love to read and they love to be by themselves and they can read and read and read. So you have to give them something to read. You cannot just expect that you will put video clips with full of materials and music. They are not very much fond of those materials. You have to give them blog, you have to give them articles so they can read and you have to give them words because they are word lovers. And if you are picking extrovert people and you are giving them, you know, a very big article, they don't respond to those very well. They want very disco rock and roll and very story like very much elements because they are always hype and their energy is high. So you have to match their energy. And afterwards, you need to pick that. Uh, in offline, there's POC, that's point of customers. So where do you find those people? If you are targeting very professional people and if you are working for big, willing to work for big companies and you are only present on Facebook, you are absent on LinkedIn or other platforms, it doesn't, 
It won't work because the people you are choosing, they belong somewhere else. And yeah, of course, Facebook is where the maximum population of the world is present. Yet you have to be very straight and very focused to your target audience. You can just make an appearance here, but in the end, you have to uh, invite them to your home, as I like to call your website or your landing page or in offline, if that is your office or your gallery, whatever place you choose, from where will people come to you? And how do you want to entertain them? If you are inviting someone at your home and you are just saying, hi, I'm Michael and I'm doing this. Okay, so that's rude. This is not how you talk to them. If you are inviting them, you have to give them a tour, a tour of your home. You have to show them this is my home and let's have some coffee and then let's talk. Without any agenda, you just have to create a moment with those people. So that is how it all, you know, it begins from where you want to position and it ends with how you position. In between the how do you give it a character, your brand a character, there comes visual and there comes the words, the copy. And that is, yes, this is a holistic approach. Branding is of course, most important as in this covers from branding, begins everything and everything ends with branding. You have to strategize. Like I said, it's a process and it takes, uh, yeah, it takes months, years and it, it's a never ending journey. That's why I find this addictive. You can always work on it and you can always make it better. There's room, always room. Yeah. That's fantastic. Lots of value, lots of value, lots of value bombs in there. It's, it's, it's yeah. great. And you, you're extremely passionate about branding. Yeah, um, I'm addicted. Yeah. There's, I don't think I've met anybody quite as addicted <laughs> and as hyper in regards to branding as you. But yeah. has it always been that way? Yeah. And it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just but, straight, yeah. <laughs> Well, define always. If you tell me, I mean, it's uh, 12, I, I have been working for 12 years and I have a post-graduation in economics. So now I am uh, doing, you know, 50 shades of creative. So this, they don't really match. So I was always passionate about art. It, it all began with childhood and I was passionate to work about art. And then when I started working as a junior graphic designer i got introduced with web design and graphic design and then i worked in advertising agencies i worked online worked at brand communication and online newspaper so the more i went into the it's it's like an ocean and the more i learned and it all combines in a brand it's all about branding so i just picked up stories and later, I just found out that, yes, if I want to pursue my passion, it's, it's, it has to be big. And of course, I'm a dreamer and I cannot dream small. Nobody can. It's, you know, as a human being, we are different from other animals because we want to do something bigger than ourselves. And another reason that, you know, of course, uh, why I am so very passionate um, is because of my failures. I mean, first I started and then I failed. Again, I started, and this time I felt worse. And then I just, you know, every time, this time, this is my third 
attempt, Fifty Shades of Creative. And I know that there's so much I can do. And I just, with every journey, with every uh, turn, I just learned that what I did wrong, also I learned that how far I can go. So yes, this is uh, the energy that you see. This is also a celebration that, yeah, I am just back again and ready to go again. That is a celebration of my failures and my standing back up again, I would say. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about your fail failures. What did you try to do the first time you went into business? It was always branding, if you ask me. But the first time, uh, yeah, I, first time I wanted to do a creative studio and it didn't work because I picked the wrong people. And uh, it just crashed like, a, like that. I mean, they just disappeared. So when you it say was, you picked the wrong people, what do you what do you mean by that? What do you mean by you picked the wrong people? Did you? You know, it, there's you, a uh, side. Did you have a team around you and you picked the wrong team? Yeah, it's 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 a very there's a side effect of being you know always hyper. It's I just you know go for it. The downside is you need to take time to assess. Uh, or at that time, I didn't have this big vision. I was just, you know, I have this opportunity and let's go for it. Apparently, the team, uh, how do I say this? So when I was all invested financially and I quit my job and everything and they just disappeared. I mean, literally, they disappeared. As in, I give them the last cash and they just disappeared. And later, it turns out when I was uh, sharing this or when I was asking someone to, for suggestion, th there was so many things that you need to consider, you need to uh, discuss before building a team, before investing. You need to learn about someone before picking them, you know, let's say, Michael, I want to do branding with you and I want you as my teammate. It doesn't work. I need to learn. I need to ask you first. and how we interact and how they approach. You sh I should have taken time, which I didn't. And I just went for it because it was my dream. And I had already worked for so long for other companies. I really was desperate to do something on my own. And then it just, you know, like in a blink, they disappeared. And till date, I never found them again. So that was I was depressed. I was very, very depressed. As in, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was all day, you know, locked inside my room and I wanted to die. It, it was a very bad experience. And later I started my studio again. This time I did another mistake, which is, you know what? I don't trust anyone. I will do it by myself. Again, it doesn't work like that. And if I was willing to do a studio and I needed someone for marketing, at least uh, if I was doing all the creative work, I needed to do a proper pricing. And I, this is how it goes, now I know. So you need uh, someone for the web development and you need to share the, an entire studio is a collection of work. It's just not just like in this room, I have a studio and let's go work, it doesn't work. So I was spending all day running from one office to another to find clients. And then I was doing, you know, $20 a logo, $30 a website. Again, it doesn't work like that. So at one point, 
I was, you know, for two months, I think I slept for one to three hours because I didn't have time to sleep. I didn't have time to eat. So at one point I collapsed. And when I was taken to the hospital, my kidney stops functioning. And eventually my liver got infected and I lost my eyesight. So this time the failure was pretty much given because it, it had to happen. So all uh, my studio was shut down and all my savings went into my treatment. This time it was miserable because uh, my eyesight, it took eight months to recover and it took two years for me to completely go back to work. And uh, yeah, it was medical. So uh, the doctors couldn't do much because my, it, it all started with my kidneys. So the body wasn't processing anything. Uh, I just had to, I just could sense light and dark. Otherwise, I wouldn't see what is written or what stuff it is. And very gradually, my sight came back. Eventually, it very much contributed in my painting because so, you so, know how, yeah. Yeah, tell me. So just just quickly on that on that note, was that all down to the fact that you was of working yourself? Yeah, yes. And also I was frustrated. It was, you know, I was, this time I wasn't happy, actually. This this time I wasn't doing, the first time I was, you know, all hyped up. This time I just, yeah, I was. <laughs> being, being happy doesn't affect your eyesight, does it? Or doesn't affect your, um, doesn't affect your mental, uh, it affects your mental condition, but it doesn't affect your, um, your medical conditions yeah. in terms of your body yeah. health. So yeah, I'm I was overworking. That were all yeah. due to the fact that and I I wasn't See, eating. I'm sorry. Yeah, sir. I missed. Say it again. So, I missed. So I've, I've I've not I've not experienced. Well, I've not come across somebody that's experienced burnout quite as much yeah. as, as as bad as that, where it's affected their eyesight. Yeah, something that you would consider. Well, anybody would consider prized, but I'm guessing you more than ever because, you know, you're a creative person. Well, I didn't consider it as a prize, if that is what you meant. I didn't consider. I mean, in fact, when the treatment was going, I wanted to die every day. And I went to my doctors. I said, stop this treatment. I don't want to live anymore. I mean, what's there to lose? First, I lose my money. Now I lose my health. So what am I getting eventually with my passion? So I was totally depressed. You have, I mean, people who have experienced depression, this is, you know, something very fortunate people can recover from. So I was that depressed. And this time I was totally dependent because I lost everything. And I was, you know, how if you lose your health, you are not able to operate like a regular person. So this was the this was a massive failure, and then I lost my loved one. So it was a, a very dark period for me, and then I just started, you know, following on social media, and I, I found a work. And this time, since I couldn't work as a designer because my eyes, it was strictly prohibited that to work on computer for a long time. So this time I got an opportunity as a copywriter and I just hit it and it just started. And now again, slowly I went back on track and now I, I am doing all this and I understand how to, how much to work and for whom. And yeah, recently you posted that how many hours do you invest? I know if I am doing five days and at a stretch, I know how much I need to eat and how do I need to recover from that load and how much, uh, 
I, I only do the things that I find uh, that I feel connected to. If there's any project that I feel that this is not the right person or something is not clicking, I just let go. And this is what I learned that when to let go, that this thing I didn't do previously. If a client, you know, I will give you this work if you give me this. You know, I, nobody can say no to a client. This is an imposter syndrome most creative professionals suffer from. That is, if I lose this client, there will be never uh, tomorrow and there will be no one again. So many things I did that I didn't want to. And eventually it, it, uh, it really hampered my standards of work and my professional circle and everything. So I didn't, this time I was very scared to dream big and I didn't want to. I just said, you know, this is the safe side, doing job, nine to five job. And just no matter how many, uh, how much drive I feel, this is the safe side. But eventually I found the right people who, I say right people, as in they have the same vision to same vision of making a difference with their passion. What I do, no matter what I do and how small it is, I know that I can make a difference. I believe in my purpose. And I found the people who believed in their purpose. And it's not about selling a product. It's not about just designing a website. It's about creating something that can impact a lot of people, that can impact lives. And you pick which aspect, like I said, that which side do you want to trigger? For me, storytelling, giving an experience is the is, is my passion. And this is really my biggest, biggest passion. I can go for hours as how you can craft a story. And then I can go to visual. And I am I am a big fan of narrative experience. So this time it, it took me two years to realize that what exactly do I want? And here I am today. So uh, even though the energy didn't came back, you know, three times as it was before, but I know that what are the mistakes that I made in the past? And really, as I always share, that I'm here to make things easier, simpler, and to make sure that nobody makes the mistakes I did. And this is how I can help. And this is how I can, you know, this I, I take pride that I failed so massively. Otherwise, I uh, wouldn't connect as much as I can now. How do you? What do you think? How failures impact? How failures impact? Failures. Uh, you learn from your, your failures. It's, it's a learning lesson. Yeah. Um, uh, and. Once you do get back up and go again, you've learned that lesson already and you can take the experiences mm. from that, them failures and bring them over to your new, to your new venture, your new style, your new whatever it is that you, you your new adventure yeah. that you that you're embarking on and, and going forth. And if you're not stupid, you don't make the same <laughs> mistake again. Yeah, I say that if true. you're not stupid. True, true. Some people do. Some people do make the same mistake again, and again, and again, and again, and expect but, different results. And expect <laughs> different results. Yeah. That, yeah. It's the definition of insanity. That. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I don't see failures as failures when I come out of the. Look, 
everybody experiences it. When you have a failure, yeah. everybody experiences the depression, the downfall yeah. from a failure. Um, obviously, some people have it harder than others. I cannot imagine, begin to imagine what it would have been like for you yeah. um, the second time around. Um, never mind the first time around. The first time around were hard enough. The second time around, I, I can't imagine yeah. what that would have been like. I can't even contemplate it. I have some sort of idea. I have no. I've not. I have no eyesight in my left eye from an accident when I was fifteen. Um, but I was fifteen years old. I was naive. I was young. I didn't really have any depression over it or anything like that. And that was that's just one eye, not two. Um, not eyesight. It's it, there was just one. Um, okay. so I can't imagine what it'd have been like, but. Everybody goes through, everybody has a, 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 a downside on, on failure. But when you get back out on the other side and you, you start getting yourself back up um, and you start rising and you start thinking about, yeah, I'm going to go for it again, I'm going to do it again, then you can take all them experiences that you've had and use it to your advantage. Because, you, yeah. like I said, you would have to be stupid to do the, all the wrong things again. Yeah. Um, like and expect different time. results. <laughs> yeah. And so and different results. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what my mentor, my business mentor, and she always says that insanity. You know how Albert Einstein defined insanity. Most of us do the same thing. We go from one job to another job, and eventually we are burnt out, and we are too scared to try something new. We are too scared to take an initiative. And we are very frustrated because, you know, we have limited time and everything. So it, it, it works on every aspect. We do the same thing over and over again. In relationship, people make the same mistake, pick the same type of people, and they're frustrated that why doesn't it work? So you need to take an initiative. And what uh, I would say that this time the major, I would say that my major uh, winning, the major learning or what what uh, what is the massive change that happened inside of me is that I learned to give time and I learned to be patient. And yeah, it's and it's not previously it would be boring or I would say that how long do you need to make a decision? Oh, my God, just go for it. But now I know that I can go for it, yet I can wait for, you know, before making a life changing decision. As in, I am out there, Fifty Shades of Creative is out there, but I still know that here are the rooms that I need to fill in. And these are uh, whoever I, I need to team up with. They must have the same vision. And then, yeah, it's all about an experience and it's all about how you are building your network and things usually don't happen overnight. I, this is what I learned. That when people say that, yeah, he became a billionaire overnight, which really intrigued me in the very beginning in my past years, that, oh, my God, I can do this. If they can do this, I can do this. I really didn't count the fact that things that happen overnight have a massive amount of time before that overnight. So this is what I learned, that it may there may be a massive breakthrough overnight, but if I have already invested 12 years, so the best things must uh, have 
that amount of time and effort invested. So this is what, this is the major change that happened. And this is the major thing that I am working on this time with Fifty Shades of Creative, that I am willing to give it time and I'm willing to build connection with people rather than telling them, you know what, buy my logo and your brand will be, you know, it will be an Oscar red carpet. It doesn't work like that. And I need to understand that what do they want? Do they really want a red carpet or do they really want a very homely experience? And then we can, we always hit a sweet spot, a win-win situation. That's business. You have to be in business, in a business outlet. You cannot be all emotional. And there's always room to work on and it's never boring. This is what I learned. And I am very thankful that none of my plans ever worked out because yeah, those now seem that I just suffered for pretty small stuff. It seems like that now because the best things deserve time and effort and effort is gorgeous. You will always notice that people who are putting an effort to reach out to you, to talk to you, and when they're making an effort, when they're coming to visit you, no matter if it, if it is professional, if it is personal, you will always notice that when people, someone puts an effort, it creates a sense of uh, respect. It creates a sense of intimacy. It creates a sense of uh, giving and a generosity. So it, it, it always works. It always works. And like I say, that treat your audience like your first date. And I never forget. And that is how building relationship takes time. And I'm willing to put that time this time. I'm, I'm not willing to, you know, be a... Uh, be in history overnight it doesn't work like that that overnight deserves many many nights exactly yeah exactly um there's really no such thing as an overnight success yeah. um and people that say that there is or there isn't or when the people that say that there is such thing as an overnight success no there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's led up to that event that has happened that's caused them mm -hmm. to look like they're an overnight success. Yeah. It's not, no one's an overnight success. Someone might yeah. hit a big deal with a company and suddenly the, their company or their business is valued at a high amount of money. But before that deal has happened, there's a lot of stuff that's gone on that's caused mm -hmm. that deal to be able to happen in the first place no one just goes straight over to a company no one sells yeah. no one sells no one sells something well no one sells a business for a, for a million or a billion dollars or whatever without having a, a lot of work and effort going into it yeah. and that's the cool. same in anything you don't you don't get married at first sight no <laughs> no we don't <laughs> Unless if you're on the TV show, Married at First yeah, Sight. But usually you don't get you know usually you don't get married at first sight. Um because yeah. it's took a long time for that relationship to develop into something that's fruitful and knowing that it's gonna last a lifetime. Um so no one has success overnight. It's impossible. Like you say, it takes many, many, many nights to become an overnight success and, and it's yeah say. it's it's great to hear that from somebody that's failed twice 
Yeah. And, and massive fail. If it's you not haven't a small failed, yeah. if you haven't failed, have you really experienced life? Because oh, at no. some point, everybody's going to fail. And yeah, I have on the way up to that. Uh, yeah, people failing it—it seems hard. It is hard. I would say that failure is not as romantic as you read. You know, on a Facebook carousel, you read that Steve Jobs went through this, this, this failure, and now he's you know apples. So life doesn't happen in six lives. Life happens in months, years, and life happens in billions of moments and billions of actions. So failing is hard, and. Yes, it will, it will be really hard, but you deserve that. If you have put, all, put your all in and that thing doesn't work, it must be sad. If you are not sad, it means you are not really attached. I mean, you know, some people, they, after they break up, they just, you know, up for the next. It means they were never really attached and you don't want to have a relationship like that. You want them to be sad. And this is what... In any aspect of life, it, it's the same. If you fail, it will be hard. Be willing to go through that because otherwise, what's you know your passion? And sometimes you may find different passions. Sometimes, I mean, there's the world is a buffet of experience. So if this doesn't work, you must be willing to fail. And we know the pressure comes from what do I have to show for it? I mean, for me, the depression was mostly because I have wasted this many years. I have lost so much. What do I have to show for it? I mean, of course, that is failure if you have nothing to show for it. But again, all your experience, it's there. This is never vanished or this is never disappeared. So take all that and go slow and start your next journey. And this time for me, how I am willing to make mistakes, I am willing to even fail if that is what's going to happen. I am willing to go through that because I know that this 12 years of experience is how I am here today. And I am talking to you now, which, you know, when I was willing and my first two times, I didn't even dream of going, you know, beyond my capital. And now I'm thinking global and I am connecting with people from all around the world, thanks to the great lockdown. But I am able to connect to people from all around the world. And every single person is teaching me a new story, is giving me a new experience, and I know how they perceive life is something I must put in you know, my file and something I must go through often to learn something. And the more I gather, the more I can give. And this is how, this is addictive. And that is why I just keep coming back again and again because it's addictive once you just have the gist of it. I think it's, it works for you, it works for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So it's been great chatting to you over this course of this 45 minutes that we've been on. Um, what I'll do is I'll just drop down a, a link there. Uh, so if you go head over to michaelalisonline.com forward slash go forward slash no, N-U-R, no. Um, that will take you straight over to No's Facebook profile where you can go interact with her and uh, offerings on her Facebook file file. Um, you might need to update some of your, in some of your details on your Facebook profile on there. Yeah. Some of them are going <laughs> to places that don't work. <laughs> but um, 
that's okay. I'll, I'll leave that for you to sort out. And um, but yeah, you can go over to the, over to her Facebook profile. You can add her as a friend. She's a lovely person. Uh, oh, thank you, uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you, and you're the cool guy. <laughs> so yeah, guys, <laughs> if you head over to michaelellisonline.com forward slash go forward slash near and you are and you are uh it's also in the description and if you're listening on the podcast it'll be in the show notes uh below so that's any final words you want to say well i would like to say my favorite quote of neil gaiman that is make glorious amazing mistakes and that are the things that create the striking point not all success everybody wants to be successful but yeah, when I'm telling this story, you know how fun it is that, wow, it was one hell of an experience. So make as many mistakes as you can. It's fun. It's fine. Thanks, guys. Thanks for and, tuning in. And I'll see you next time.